Alright, today we're in 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. This is 1 Corinthians class number 11. 1 Corinthians class number 11, chapter 4 and verse 5. And I believe what we'll do is we'll go back up to verse 1, read the scripture, and we'll kind of move into verse 5 as we go. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ. Now that is the context. Um, the Bible says a lot about judging. In, some, in one place it says, judge not lest you be judged. It says that with what measure you meet, that it'll be measured to you again. The way you judge things, you'll be judged that way. Also, it says judge righteous judgment. It says not to go to law with your brother. It says because why, why would you go to the law with your brother in Christ? It says you're going to judge angels. Can't you judge the least things? And Of course, you understand that's a paraphrase. But that's what the Bible says. And in this case, in verse 5, it's going to say, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsel of the hearts. Make manifest the counsel of the hearts. So in verse number one, it says, let a man so account of us. And that accounting is, is a type of judgment. It is a type of judgment. When you do your own personal financial accounts, you're judging whether you have sufficient to do this or to do that, whatever the case may be. But he says, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So he's talking about being judged as far as faithfulness is concerned. He's talking about being judged in the account of stewardship and the account of uh, ministerial issues. That is the context here in the chapter. But with me, verse 3, but with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you. Or of a man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self. It's not my job to judge myself in this sense. Now, the Bible tells us that if we would judge ourselves, we wouldn't be judged. So in some cases, we are judges of the things that goes on in our own life. And these things are often, uh, in these types of things, judging ourselves, we usually find that we are uh, biased toward ourselves we tend to justify ourselves or or let ourselves off the hook where we might be a little harder on others but in this sense he's talking about a ministerial situation a, a situation where somebody is a steward of the mysteries of God he's talking about in a case uh, where a man has been put in trust and we could just leave that the rest of it blank whatever the Whatever the topic is, when a man's been put in trust with something, then there is some uh, judgmental issues that will come to light from time to time, be necessary from time to time. But he says, with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of a man's judgment. He says, yeah, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself. Yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. He said, the Lord's going to judge me. And he says, in my own self, I know nothing. That's a good attitude to have as a Christian. Uh, God's going to teach you some things, and those things you will know. But what he's saying in verse 4 is, I know nothing by myself. In other words, I didn't teach myself these things. God taught me these things, these things that has to do with the ministry, with the stewardship. 
so forth and so on. So he says, for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified. The fact that I don't have these things, this knowledge, the knowledge of my requirements, the knowledge of what God requires of me, the knowledge of what God expects of me, even though I don't have these things in the form of innate knowledge, I wasn't born with them. He said, this doesn't justify me in not living up to my responsibilities just because it's not within me to perform these things that God's called me to do doesn't justify me in not walking worthy of the vocation, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. It doesn't excuse me, and that's what he means when he says justified. He said, for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified. I'm not justified by the fact that I don't have these abilities in and of my own self. He says, but he that, just, he that judgeth me is the Lord. It's the Lord that judges me because it's the Lord that taught me. It's the Lord that empowered me. It's the Lord that saved me. It's the Lord that gave me the revelation. It's the Lord that inspired me. He's saying the Lord judges me in these things. He said, but it's a, it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you. He said, it, it, it's not the weightiest thing in my heart and mind if you judge me this way or that way. He said, I'm not surprised if you do. That's basically what he's saying. But with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of a man's judgment. Yeah, I judge not mine own self. He said, if I can't be the judge of my own self, if God's the one that judges me, then I can't really uh, sit around and let it be a great big deal the way you feel that I should or shouldn't be doing a thing. You're holding me up to this standard or that standard when you don't have the authority to do it you don't have the you don't have the wisdom to do it you don't have the the mandate to do it all these things are being taken into account as we move through chapter four we've already been through uh, three chapters of corinthians already you see the problem is that they're holding these men up one saying well i'm of apollos the other one says i'm of paul well What's going on in that situation is is that they're judging all these men by their own personal standards and not by the standard which God has given. And so that one person has Apollos elevated, the other has Paul elevated, and their, their judgment is not a proper judgment. It's not a wise judgment. It's not an inspired judgment. And in this case, he says, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up one for another. Uh, one, excuse me be puffed up for one against another. Let me read that verse again. And the things, brethren, and these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that ye might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up for one against another. What a great verse that is. What a great passage this is. Uh, this chapter number four. It is, it is a human ailment that we choose 
we follow our own standards. Most of the time we choose our own standards, but we follow our own standards, what we know to be true, what we believe to be true, and we take every everyone that names the name of Christ and we 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 order them, we arrange them in their uh, in the, in our own priority. I'm going to listen to this one first, and then I'll listen to this one, and this one gets the 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 preeminence, or this one has priority. Well, what he's telling you to do here in chapter 4 is not to do that. Just nothing. If a man's preaching, the and if a man, the man that is preaching is required to be faithful, then you should judge a thing only by that. Is he telling the truth? Is the man being faithful with the, with the mysteries of God? Is he being biblical? Is he staying uh, in line with the truth? Those are the things that a man should be looking for. A man shouldn't be uh, going out to find whether a preacher preaches hard or not, or if he is a great uh, edifier, or if he is an encourager, or if he is a comforter. Uh, we shouldn't be seeking for those things. I like Apollos because he's really uh, a great comforter. He really gives me a, a good feeling about myself. Or I'm really looking to hear Paul preach because he's straightforward and he's bold. And That's not the way that we should be uh, seeking out the truth, seeking out uh, edification, seeking out, uh, you know, who our favorite preacher is, or who, which ministry we're going to follow. Are we going to follow, you know, Doctor Ruckman, or are we going to follow Charles Stanley? Or that's not the way we should be looking at things, and not the way we should be judging things. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And if you're having a hard time judging who that is and, and what that entails, then rest assured that God is going to be the one that will make manifest the counsel of the heart. We may get to the judgment seat or we may get to heaven if you want to put it that way. And we may find out that our favorite preacher was a reprobate inside. We may get to heaven and find out that those we thought were the most spiritual were actually the most carnal. It's just something that you're not going to be able to know. It's something that you're not going to be able to understand until we actually are until we actually know as we are known. If you've been studying your Bible, you know that reference. But when we get to heaven and we have glorified bodies and glorified minds, we're going to understand a lot of things that we don't understand here. Uh, the, uh, the life of Christianity is not a game that we play in which we get to choose our favorites and, and follow you know the latest fads that we really enjoy. And that's just... Uh, th there may be a lot more that needs to be said about that, but I believe that that's sufficient for the context. And he says it again. Let me read in verse six. These things, brethren, have I; these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that ye might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up for one against another. This comparison that he's given between himself and Apollos is because that they themselves, if you read chapter 1, 2, and 3, you'll find out that these very carnal Christians, uh, that's all they've been caught up in their whole spiritual lives is comparing one with another and choosing which style, which delivery, uh, which ministry that they like the best. When the 
the, the, the paramount issue that a man should be dealing with when judging a minister or a steward of the mysteries of God is that is the man faithful? Is he faithful to God's word? The word of God is the minister. The spirit of God is the minister. God the Father himself is the minister. And the preacher is just a mouthpiece. Is he a faithful mouth mouthpiece? Or is he an unfaithful mouthpiece? So that's the way the context fits here. And he says that myself and Apollos, we've been, uh, I've illustrated the, this truth between myself and Apollos. We're different men. We're different people. We, we have different uh, approaches. We have different administrations. But we are who we are by the grace of God. And that to judge one unfaithful, because the other one is faithful or to judge one to be unfaithful, I should say it this way, to judge one to be faithful because you enjoy his ministry or you identify with his ministry more than the other is not a wise judgment. Not a wise judgment. That you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written. That no one of you be puffed up for one against another. For who maketh thee? Turn the tables around. Now, you're talking about us. Let's talk about you. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? In order to help you to understand uh, the requirements, uh, to help you understand the foolishness of the requirements that you're putting on us preachers to win your attention, let me go ahead and turn it around on you. Who makes you to differ from another? You're not the same as this other brother. Should I choose the other brother instead of you? Should I say that he's my favorite Christian instead of you? He says, what hast thou that thou didst not receive? What makes you special? What makes you more special than this other Christian brother? Why should I choose you over him? Why should you be the deacon instead of him? Uh, why should you be the Sunday school director instead of him? Why should you get to preach on Sunday night rather than him? What makes you different? What do you have that God didn't give you? Well, this other brother is the same way. He may not know as much as you do, but if he's faithful and you're faithful, then what he has, God gave him. What you have, God gave you. And so that's, that is the point that's being made here. If you want to judge preachers if you want to judge God's ministers in in relation to what they know or what they say or how they say it or when they say it or to their level of wisdom he said then you could be judged the same way and it's it's probable that you could be found uh, wanting as well, just as wanting as the uh, the minister that you're judging to be less than the other. If you judge Apollos to be less than Paul, well, you could be judged that way as well. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? So you take that very same attitude about yourself and get it correct and then you'll have a correct perspective to look at your your brother and sister in Christ that happens to be uh, a minister. I should say your brother in Christ. We're talking about preachers in the sense of uh, the ministry. But it does apply to your sisters in Christ as well in many aspects. 
Why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? Well, this uh, Apollos or Paul, they received that same grace. They received that same ability to be ministers and to be stewards of the mysteries of God. And so you're to look at a minister, you're to look at a steward of God as faithful or unfaithful. If they're being unfaithful, then of course uh, it's very simple. You don't follow unfaithfulness. Verse number 8. Now you're full, now you're rich, you have reigned as kings without us, and I would to God you did reign, that we also might reign with you. And Paul's saying, we have benefit from you. And, the, and of course, that the uh, a congregation, the body of Christ, the Bible says that, that God has given the body of Christ gifts. They are pastors and teachers and, and uh, evangelists and so forth and so on. Well, he says, uh, he says you, you are rich. He said, you've reigned as kings without us. He said, you have advantages. You have... You have things that are advantages to you without us. And he says, we, I wish that you would be a king. I wish you were a king. If you were a king, it would be better off for us. Life would be easier for us. He said, if you were a king, we could reign with you because we're on the same team. There's, there's uh, advantage in, in us ministering to you, and there should be advantage in you uh, ministering to us. It's a reciprocal thing. The ministry is a reciprocal thing. And he says, For I think that God hath set forth us the apostles last, as it were appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle unto the world, and to angels, and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but ye are wise in Christ. We are weak, but ye are strong. Ye are honorable, but we are despised. And uh, really, if in, in our day and time, you would think that the preachers are the strong, and the congregations of the weak, and the preachers of the blessed, and the congregations of the one looking for blessing. You just don't really understand the weight. You don't realize the agony of mind, the grief of heart uh, that comes upon a preacher that can overcome him if he's not a faithful steward. If he's a steward, if he uh, is a, a minister, and he's not being faithful in all aspects in every area of his ministry. There is a great uh, grief and a great weight that falls upon his shoulders that could crush him. If he is faithful, he says, we're fools, we're weak. He says, you're honorable, but we're despised. Uh, you cannot live a life being despised by others unless you're a reprobate. You can't live a life being despised with others without that special strength that comes from being Faithful to God and receiving the joy that is a reward for being faithful to God. So this congregation is a carnal congregation, the book of Corinthians. It's a carnal congregation. They're looking at their leaders like, well, I choose Batman. Well, I choose Superman. Well, I like Spider-Man myself. Well, that, that's ridiculous. You're not talking about lifting up men because of their strengths. You're talking about, you're talking about, associating yourself with men because they are faithful ministers of God and that they that they are ministers of God in that they are ministers of God they are simply a part of the equation you yourself as a congregation are a part of that equation you uh, he says in this passage again he says we are fools he said but you're wise we are weak 
But you're strong. You're honorable. But we are despised. There's advantages to being a congregation. There's advantages to being a minister. There are disadvantages to being a congregation. And there are disadvantages to being a minister. He says, but these, so if you're looking at men in the manner in which it was written for us to look at one another, we see one another as weak and strong. We see one another as having pros and cons. We see one another as men who must be reliant on the power of God, the strength of God, and the mercy of God. And so when you look at things from a carnal perspective, you only see it as this brother is weak, this man is weak, this man is wicked, whatever the case may be. Or you look at this man is strong, this man is holy, this man is mighty. And you don't see any other thing besides that. And this passage of Scripture is saying men are men. And if you want to judge a man as a man, you better wait until God uh, brings us all home to glory. And opens our eyes about what's wicked and what's evil and what's right and what's good and what's weak and what's strong. In the ministry, we are all weak men who, if we're faithful, are being powered by God, by the fruits of the Spirit, by the power of God, by the strength of Christ. We're being powered by those things. And in those things, we live and breathe and minister and and have our uh, joys and have our pains and have our victories. And in some cases, have our defeats. Verse 11, even unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place and labor, working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless. It's It's a response. He said, being reviled, we bless. That's not the normal way of judging things. If you revile me, I'm going to revile you back. If you don't act like you're supposed to, I'm going to to knock you over the head with this club or with this sermon, whichever the case may be. If God calls you to give a stern rebuke, give it. But just remember who you're preaching to and, and, and what you're preaching about and the purpose that you're preaching for. So he says that we... We being reviled, he said, being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world and are the offscouring of all things unto this day. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you, for though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, Yet have you not many fathers? For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. He said, I've labored. I've done what Christ told me to do. I've been a a good minister and a faithful steward. And he says, these things that I've done, these things that I've preached, these things are the things that brought you into the kingdom. These are the things that brought you into salvation. These are the things that brought you into the kingdom of God. And so it's these things that you ought to keep in mind when you start judging who is a good minister or who is a right minister and all these things. You might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, but how did you get here? And Paul's making a very strong case for his, for his mandate, for his job to get this church in, into shape. For this cause, uh, excuse me, uh, verse 16, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. 
Now some are puffed up as though I would not come unto you. See, as the chapter develops, it shows more and more that that is what Paul is trying to do. He's trying to, he's trying to, uh, to, to ensure that these Corinthian folks understand that their life is not to be lived as they choose. Their life is not to be lived as they please. Their life is not to be lived following a preacher who, who suits their fancy. Their, their job is to follow the man that God gave them to uh, introduce them to Christ, to get them established in Christ. Romans 1.11 For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. Paul is saying, stop looking for your favorite minister and look for the minister that's being faithful to the truth he said, if you'll look at me and Apollos, you'll see we're both doing this thing. And I've sent Timothy down here to you, who is also a faithful minister, to make sure that you understand, to make sure you understand that my ways are the ways of Christ. I got these ways from Christ. They're not my own ways. Verse 4, for I know nothing by myself. He got these things from Christ. And he says, but some of you are puffed up. Verse 18, as though I would not come to you. But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. He said, when I get down there to you, I'm going to preach to you, and I'm going to look at you, and I'm going to look you over myself. And he says, I'm not going to see anything about what you're saying. I'm going to see the power that's in you. You've got power to judge Apollos. You've got power to judge Peter. You've got power to judge Paul. I'm going to see it for myself. We'll see. Then verse number 20 says, For the kingdom of God is not word, not in word. It's not about what you can say. It's in the power. Is there any power in what you're saying? Is there truth in what you're saying? Is there truth in the way you're judging things? Is there truth in the way you're looking at things? Is there truth in the way that you're picking what preacher you're going to listen to and who you're going to follow and who you're not going to follow? And just to be as plain as I possibly can about the thing, when you, as it says in, earlier in the book of Corinthians, one's for Apollos and one's for Paul or one's for Cephas, what they're saying is when they choose one or the, when they choose one or the other, they are negating the other. I'm, one is saying, I'm, I'm with old Cephas. And the other one says, well, I, well I'm for Paul. What they're saying is, I'm not following Peter, or I'm not following Paul, or I'm not following Apollos. Well, for me, I just follow Christ. Well, hey, Christ sent Paul. Christ sent Peter. Christ sent Apollos. Well, you're talking about you're going to follow Christ, but you're not going to follow the man that God sent. That's a ridiculous way to look at Christianity. And it's overly independent to the point where uh, people are going to hurt themselves with that attitude. For the kingdom of God is not in word. That's not what you can say. It's in the power. This power that you have to choose your preacher, is it also producing joy? I'm not talking about worldly pleasure. Is it? You can reject a preacher and have worldly pleasure for a season. But where's the joy? Where's the peace? Where's the assurance? That's what Paul's saying here. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What will you? Shall I come unto you with a rod? Christians today don't believe a preacher has a rod. But he does. Or in love. Or in the spirit of meekness. 
And so these things are these things are very important when we think about who we're going to follow, who we're going to put our trust in, who we're going to put our confidence in. We're to put our confidence in faithful ministers. If you find a minister who reads the book, believes the book, tells you what the book says, and doesn't disagree with the book, then that would be a faithful minister. That would be a faithful steward of the mysteries of Christ of God. And that person, just like Paul in Romans chapter 7, have some difficulties in his own life, have some hardships in his own life. He'll hate a thing but do it anyway. He'll love a thing and not do it. He'll, he'll know exactly what's right to do and he won't always do it. But that's we're not saved by works and we're not kept by works. Uh, our works certainly can lend discipline our works certainly can lend confidence they, they, there's a lot of things that we can do but there's always going to be with, along with our works and our uh, successes and and our disciplines those things are going to produce joy but at, at the same time uh, failures are going to be uh, interspersed and the failures are going to be intermingled along with their successes and carnality is going to be interspersed with our spirituality. It's just going to be that way, and we just can't choose, uh, pick and choose our ministers that way. The truth, if we look for the truth in the Lord, if we look for the truth in the Bible, if we look for the truth in Christian society, why should we not look for the truth and search for the truth and let that be the guide and let that be the standard in our gospel ministers? Amen. What will you? Shall I come unto you with a rod or in love or in the spirit of meekness? So that chapter really dealt with a lot of things that just simply have to do with Christian organization. And Paul is Paul is setting this chapter forth to let these people know. Uh, now, you're a carnal church and you're not spiritual. And you have to listen to me. And sometimes in life, you hate to have to do it. But sometimes in life, you have to remind people of the way things are, you have to remind them of your office. Sometimes you have to remind no preacher that's worth his salt, no administrator that, that's worth his salt ever wants to uh, be seen as petty by having to say, I'm in charge here. Hey, look, I'm the boss here. Hey, God has sent me to lead you. But the plain truth of the matter is, is that the Bible says to obey them that have the rule over you. And sometimes you have to be convinced, as it is the case here in 1 Corinthians, you have to be convinced that you are subject to somebody. And if it's petty to have to point that out, then Paul lived with the pettiness here because he just dedicated a whole chapter to the fact that, hey, you carnal Christians need to listen to what I have to say because it's my heart's desire to establish you and get you out of this carnal mode that you're in. And the benefit of that is, it's not that Paul becomes the leader. It's not the setting up of Paul as a great leader. It's the setting up as the, the church of Corinth as a great congregation. And that is, I believe, the sincere desire of Paul when he magnifies his office here in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It may have to be done once in a while. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there will come a time when Christians are awake enough that they will see these truths and understand these truths. But from time to time, you're going to run into some carnal folks that have to be reminded that God 
has a serious program and that to go astray of God's program will have eternal repercussions. We reap exactly what we sow. All right. I'll see you next time. We'll start in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 1.